Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. On this week's edition of the Behind the Mask podcast, we sit down with Washington football team great LeVar Arrington. We talk about his program, Warrior Woke, and the importance of mental health, QBs in the NFL and their development, and some of his times in Chocolate City. Be sure to subscribe to the Behind the Mask podcast on YouTube. Also, click the bell to get notifications on future episodes. And remember, on the Behind the Mask podcast, there's only one rule. There are no rules. Let's go behind the mask. Welcome back to another special edition of the Behind the Mask podcast. I am your host, Akio Spikes, joined alongside by my co-host, floating around somewhere out there. What's good, man? You play favorite plus size model two song crazy in the building. Two, I was about man. to say, I was about to say your player plus size model, man. Maybe I should switch it, switch it to that. I like that. I don't know. Your old lady might beat your ass, but <laughs> facts, facts. Listen, man. Listen, we don't jump right into this one, bro, because it's not too many times we've had several award winners, Heisman Trophy winners. We've had guys who have been All Pro MVPs, but this one is a little different. Our next guest to Lambert Award winner, Buckets Award winner for the best linebacker in college, also a pro bowler. Last but not least, he was all pro. One of the 80 greatest Washington football team players that ever played the game. May y'all give it up for my player partner, my dog, LeVar Arrington. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. L.A. in the building. <laughs> What's going on? Hey, man, it, it, it's good to get you on, man. We, we finally caught up with you. You know, you, you on L.A., you East Coast. Sometimes I see you on Capitol Hill advocating uh, for player safety, man. Well, it is there uh, anything that you don't do. Yeah, the, the BTM podcast. <laughs> I've, been, I've been waiting to get on it. I mean, y'all, y'all took long. Yeah, right? Shots fired. <laughs> All right. I know two been telling you to get me on. You've been saying, ah, oh, we get to him, we'll get to him. So we finally didn't got here. So let's go ahead and kick up some dust, create some smoke, man. That's what we're here to do. LB, you know. That's right. You know, LB, LB absolutely, yeah. bro. And so yeah. we talk about kick up some dust and kick up some smoke. Now, bro, I gotta tell you this. Now we don't have a plenty, plenty of interactions with each other, but I gotta give you props. And this happened a long time ago. But it's one of the most memorable plays that I ever saw. Everybody has a play, I think, that, that kind of stays with them and what people know them for. The LeVar leap against Illinois back in 98, bro. Like The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Let me tell you something. I put down my bet and I cannot wait until Sunday. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Bro, like, was that a blitz or was it just straight instinct? 
Now I know you, you know, go ahead and feel free to put as much sauce on it as you want to. <laughs> it was a blitz, actually. It was an A-gap blitz. Um, you know, the cool thing about that that situation, I had did it a whole bunch of times before. That it just wasn't on such a a big stage. But you know, what happened to KO was it was Illinois. It, we the, the film review said that on short yardage. If they come, if they come rushing out of the huddle, they on first sound. It's it's pretty much as simple as that. They came rushing out of the huddle. It was fourth in inches. It's Big Ten football. It's in it's in state college. They needed a first down to get back into this game. And I just I saw I saw the guard. It was Luke Buckets, actually Dick Buckets's uh nephew. I saw him heavy on his hands. He had no he had no coloration in his knuckles, which means he was he was heavy down on that hand. So he was coming off and he was going to go low and hard. So I just I was going to go for the quarterback. So I'm thinking I'm about to go time this up as first sound. I'm gonna get in there and hit this quarterback for a loss. We're gonna go ahead and get this ball back. He hands it off. So that was a little bit of of complicated uh adjustment and adapt adaptation in the in the middle of the air but it worked out enough where i flew past the quarterback and actually hit the running back as well so sometimes it works out the way it's supposed to sometimes it doesn't but that happened to be one of those ones that did and i'm glad it did because all the penn state community and all the penn state fans remember one play if they don't remember nothing else and it's that la league player bro that was i i remember watching that and we came back in the locker room and we was like who in the hell is this freak? Seaball, <laughs> get ball, bro. And I was like, Steve damn. Ball, ball. Yeah. yeah. yeah everybody it. definitely remembered that, man. And another thing I remember, too, class of 2000, you went second overall to the Redskins, followed yeah. by my homie Chris Sims. Indeed. Um, that, that, that class was dope. But then the offseason, all-star game was there. So you were in D.C., Chocolate City, that whole rookie year. Talk yeah. about what that was like getting into the league, going straight to D.C., and what was life like in your rookie year back in 2000? Bro, that – and it was still Chocolate City back yeah, then. It's a little yeah. different now, you know, but, you know, it, back then in 2000, Michael Jordan had came to to the uh, to the Wizards. Yeah. Uh, mm. it, it was, you know, the, the football team had just did well the year before. They had brought in Deion Sanders and Bruce Smith, um, a, a host of other players to the football team. It, it was it was pretty it was pretty exciting. Uh, then then All Star being there, so having the the home field advantage is just I don't know, man. I, it, you almost you almost get desensitized to it being DC because it it's, it becomes your home. But I you know shots out to Mark Barnes and and Abdul and you know all the people Taz all those guys Eric from VIP list mm-hmm. VIP. It's so many people that show so much love. Kirk Bone from all days, you know, you know, it's driven by clothes and stuff like that. So you got yeah. shooters, you got all days, you got, uh, you know, uh, what there's a, there's a few others, but you know, now it's eat, eat is the, the deal in DC, but it's so culturally driven in yeah. DC hanging out. There was, it was a ton of fun. Um, there was a ton of trouble, but yeah. thank goodness. Uh, no social media. <laughs> No social media. <laughs> so none of none of my, none yeah. of my crazy moments ever made it to the surface 
of life. So, so uh, it was good. It was a great time. Th- those were some golden, mo- you know, Mike Tyson was still living in yeah, the area at yeah. that time. Oh my so, goodness. Y'all was yeah. acting a punk. Yeah. I used to come up there and kick it with them, man, just to go, I think it was yeah. Club Love back then. Man. Love, oh my love. goodness, man. I yeah. never party like that in my life. So definitely some good times, man. Yeah. And that was the beginning of the mega clubs. You yeah. know what I mean? That was yeah. the whole era of the mega clubs. So it, it was, yeah. There, dream dream un- game after that, right? Well, Dream Dream, dream was love, before right? turn, Dream had to go turn to love. Love, yeah, yeah. That's a whole nother conversation. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Taz, though. Shout out to Taz for real. Taz, what up, boy? Mark and Taz. Yeah, right. yeah, man. Yeah, now man. They at the park. It's the park now. I think the park is still going. So they 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 downsized, but still doing well. Well, it sounds like I might need to make a trip up to the park. Well, if you do, I'm gonna come check you. You know, we're gonna come meet up and go go by. We're gonna go run the streets together. Go, go by Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fellowship with each other. But we Indeed. talk about the culture, man. Like the culture of like what DC, what it stood for, how it brought people together, especially people of color. Mm-hmm. Now, when you look at the Washington football team and that you see they brought in Jason Wright to handle all the business mm-hmm. affairs. Mm-hmm. Ron Rivera from the head coaching staff. You look at how this entire culture has changed going all the way back from when you played with them. Do you believe in it and do you think it's a good start moving forward? You know, from what I can see, I think it's a good start. Um, it, it, you know, it's never been a question of really who who they hire in a sense of, you know, they've They've had black coaches on the team before. They, you know, I've never seen there be a discrimination in terms of who gets hired as coaches or against players. Hiring Jason Wright was amazing. Um, I think maybe we can all look at it and say, you know, maybe there's obvious reasons why the hire was made. I could care less why the hire was made. They made it, and I think he's the right person for the job. So that, you know, I had an opportunity to have a couple offline conversations with him. And just kind of talk through some of the things, some of my experiences, you know, for what it's worth. A lot of people think that I have hard feelings uh, towards towards the team and and towards the organization. Uh, My hard feelings are really just directed towards one person and one person only. And that would be the owner of the team. So and looking at where they're at right now, I've never wished ill upon him. I've never wished ill upon the team. And I've always said. If, if you fix the culture within yourself, you can fix the culture of your extended dealing. So your business, your your personal life, you can fix a lot of things by fixing yourself. And I think that a classic ill that's been taking place with, with the Washington football team for all these years since he's taken over the team is basically it, the the mentality and, and the way the culture has been built has been built around the way that he treats people. So it's kind of, you know, if that is changing, I haven't been around it. I don't go there. I I don't visit. So I have no idea what the current environment looks like. But from all reports that I've gotten, all conversations that I've had with people that are still there, it sounds as though there has been a true shift in the way that they're doing things at the park. And if that's the case, then I, I hope that that it, it works and I hope that they're consistent with it because you and I both know, I mean, you you were in Cincinnati, so I know you got a you know great idea of what, what that's yeah. like. You know, when you play for an organization that isn't operating at a high level, you know, everybody suffers. 
you know, and you see the result of it on the football field, but, you know, it extends far beyond what's taking place out there on the gridiron. So, you know, hopefully they they have made that that shift and hopefully he's, you know, humbled himself enough to actually be a person that can communicate in a way that that breeds uh, ownership over people doing what it is that they need to do. It's one thing to have somebody who's doing their job. It's another thing to have somebody who takes ownership over the job that they're doing. And, and I think that that's something that has been, you know, lacking uh, in that organization for for the time that he's taken it. You're talking about the results on the field. The Washington football team, not off to the start they wanted to be off to. Uh, Dwayne Haskins, first-round pick last year. Bench to ready. Bad start, bench to ready. Do you think they've given him enough time to develop before pulling the plug on him? To, you know, you and I know that that the NFL is a dirty game, man, and it's a quick game. It moves fast. Yeah. The, the, the conventional answer, the conventional wisdom answer is no, he hasn't had enough time because he hasn't had enough development. Uh, but you look at the situation he came into with uh, Gruden and how that ended and how it went. Uh, Gruden not having very fond words to, to use and speaking of Dwayne Haskins, uh, that's one of those things you want to sit there and say the culture has changed and, and we just talked about that, but then you see something like that take place and then you hear the way that they're speaking on Dwayne Haskins as if he wasn't even qualified to even be a draft pick, like a high draft pick or how you know he was a system quarterback in college. And, you know, I come from the ten. So I know how hard it is to play at a high level and be a quarterback in the Big Ten Conference. And for him to do what he did and accomplish what he accomplished there at Ohio State, uh, he earned the right to be able to be drafted high and get that opportunity. I just don't see the development in him. And it's always going to fall on the player, on the shoulders of the player and the excuses or the 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 bus language whatever it may be that's used you know i don't i don't think it's fair in this circumstance but nfl and fear aren't aren't synonymous with one another right it's a production produce or get out the way business and unfortunately he hasn't been producing but it's interesting because the team hasn't been producing either so it's like that's one of the the positions in washington that is always publicized in a way like politics and they make moves on it because that's the one position where you try to appease your fan base by making a move. So I think it was a premature benching, but we'll have to wait and see how it plays out. I think I just want to comment on that, too, because I think it was a little premature taken into consideration when you look at a big picture. NFC East, the Eagles lead the division now. Um, with one win. With one win. You know what I'm saying? So, like, and if you two, look at the two wins, they just got the second. Was it two? Yeah. One or two wins. I mean, either way, that's, one that's win. a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like, and then you look at who's coming in second, who's coming in third, the Cowboys, the Cowboys yeah. and, the, and the Redskins. And so last place pulling up the, the Washington rear. team, TKO. Yeah, Washington football team. I was just trying to see if you was going to catch I it. I know, I know, I know. Yeah, I know so, yeah. yeah, bro, yeah. So like. I think it was a little premature, but at the end of the day, I agree with you because, at, you know, when you look at a big picture, that's the one position that 
hey, sometimes they get too much credit when they win. And I think they get too much credit when they lose, too, on the blame game. But mm-hmm. that's the scapegoat position. So I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you if you think about it, I mean, we bench all the quarterbacks in, right. in FC East, right? If, that's, if we're basing it off of productivity and, and wins and losses, they should all be benched. So, I mean, but that's the game. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's organization by organization. Uh, one group is choosing to stay with, with – with their guy and another group is trying to figure out if they want to go in a different direction. I think it hurts the kid ultimately Um, his development, his confidence. Where does he go from now? If they come back to him, you know, how is his mental mindset and, and, and what is he going, you know, you, you chop his legs out from under him to be the leader of the team by doing this. So if you put him back in there and he still continues to struggle, it's just one of those things. It's not. He's not in the best of, of situations right now, unfortunately. And we're talking about quarterbacks. Obviously, we've seen several quarterbacks that haven't lived up to the billing. The funny part, Aaron Rodgers kept it 100% real. One he said, bucks, bro. a lot of times, down years for me are career, career years, years for, others. for most quarterbacks. You know, I, I sometimes laugh when people talk about you know, down years for me, because a lot of times down years for me are career years for most quarterbacks. You can't keep it no more real than that. So how are these coaches and GMs not seeing that when it comes to a player like a Dwayne Haskins or something? Even Cam Newton in the offseason, you know what I'm saying? They, they're putting yeah. up numbers, but you're giving other quarterbacks that are definitely less talented, less productive on the field, you're giving them chances and contracts. Yeah, I mean, everybody – looks at the Carson Wentz contract. They look at the Jared Goff contract. And a lot of times it's justified to say, how do you not pay some of these other quarterbacks if you're basing it off of some of these guys that we just spoke on? But, you know, it's interesting because coming into the season, you know, there were some lists that Aaron Rodgers was left off of on being one of the top quarterbacks in the league. Uh, He was written off. Uh, It was all but mess up and here comes love when he's prepared to play they said all the right things as if they were supporting him but you gotta know and and the harsh reality of this sport is certain moves you can't deny you can't get out of the way of what what it is the message that's being sent to use your first round draft pick and to trade up to do it and to take a quarterback in the first round that's it. You know, Aaron, you're on the clock. And and so right now, I think what we're seeing out of Aaron Rodgers is someone who is really, really, you know, he's pissed off and rightfully so. You know, you're sitting here trying to get rid of me and trying to wind my career up and, and create a new start because you're a new head coach. But you should be looking at how you can have success with me, not without me. And to to just almost basically embarrassing like you know by doing that you didn't talk to him about the draft pick you know you just went out and you did it and you heard him saying like look they one game away from going to the Super Bowl I mean you're one game away from going to the Super Bowl and I needed some weapons like get me you know this was one of the deepest drafts with receivers you gonna go get a quarterback so coming into the season I think his play is is definitely an out outward extension of what he's feeling on the inside. I don't give a good mother f 
And and I'm just I'm I'm taking names. I'm I'm claiming idols. I'm claiming titles, and I'm gonna just speak on it. You know, it's like you could like the approach or you could hate the approach. For me, the way he had to sit through, you know, what took place this off season and the uncertainties surrounding COVID, I just think he's feeling himself, and it raises the stakes because I love watching when dudes jump out there like that. I love watching it to see if they can maintain it. You know, there's still a lot of season left and there's still a lot of things that can happen. But for him to have injuries, you know, not having Devontae out there with him right now and he's still just (laughs) doing his thing like that, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers is playing on a different level right now and he's telling you about it. Sometimes I like that. Oh, I love it. And this is the thing because – I know he kind of got upset. You know, a lot of people, he felt like his words was taken out of context. And to be completely honest, let's be like, let's be real. Who cares? You, you, who, who, cares <laughs> who cares? Number one. And two, right. most people don't see white quarterbacks come out and be that open. That bold. Oh, that man. bold. That's bold. Yeah. Typically, you would, you, typically, most people would say, uh, that's something Cam Newton would say. But I love Aaron Rodgers because – He's very outspoken, and he's going to let you know exactly what he thinks. Uh, do you think he was wrong in that nature in the way that he delivered that? No, because he was being genuine. And if you see the interview, he's doing it with Hawk and, and, and McAfee. Big and McAfee. Back. Bro, like, it's, like, it's like what we're doing right now. It's a locker room conversation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like If it was a regular group of reporters – I get it. Like, you got to be on your your straight and narrow. Well, this is what's going to happen. I'm Aaron Rodgers, and I like getting the play calls and doing it this way and doing it that way, and you got to make sure that you prepare yourself. to. Re- Man, we locker room. Aaron, yeah. was up in, Aaron was up in his seat like this. <laughs> <laughs> they was like, hey, 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 Rod. They've been out here disrespecting you, man. How you feeling? <laughs> Keep it at 100. Well, <laughs> what's what's difficult for most is yeah. super easy for me, um, and we'll just keep it there. I mean, he was he was chilling. Yeah. He was he was looking like Negan off a of, off a of Walking Dead, like like somebody go get me Lucille. You know, what yeah. I mean? like, <laughs> like I'm killing cats out here, man. But you know. I like it. I like it for the game, and I like it because you can't always predict or think how people are going to be in their lives. And I think that's what I love about sports so much is that when you least expect somebody's personality or twist in the storyline, it can come out of nowhere. And for him to put that out there, like you got to keep in mind, there are people connected on the other end of that comment. Like, think yep. about that. They are, there are, there, he made a comment earlier in the year, basically was like, look, the only person comparable to my game that I even look at is the other dude that does the, the State Farm ads with me and Patrick Mahomes. I'm not really looking at nobody else yeah. as being comparable with their body of work. And tell me what he lied. Did he lie? No. Bruh, so my whole thing is, he didn't put every quarterback, like forget Justin Love, right? Uh, Jordan Love. Jordan Love. Exactly. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> exactly. Forget him. You forgot him. <laughs> I didn't forget his first name. 
he didn't put every other quarterback out there except Patrick Mahomes is basically saying, like, know your place, stay on your level because there's levels to this, man. I like that because then you always got the other side of it. You got Russell Wilson in Seattle playing with the same type of attitude. Like, I've been disrespected for too long. I don't get MVP votes. I'm going to make it so y'all can't avoid this. You got Lamar, Jack, doing what he's doing. And it's kind of like, okay, that whole Kansas City game was a little, you know, we saw a little kryptonite come out. But but did we? I don't know. You know, we don't know. Right. You know what I mean? So it's some killers out here. Big Bending came back strong. You know, he's showing his tail in Pittsburgh right now. Josh kid, Allen. Your boy and Allen and Buffalo. Yeah. Man, they talking about, oh, he's a he's a running back you know, that can throw. Bruh, he balling. 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 So, you know, I, I like it. I like where the league is right now, and I like where the quarterback's position is right now because you got dudes like they ain't afraid to say it. Like Russell Wilson said, I'm, I'm going for the MVP award. Like I want that belt. I want it. Like Cats is out here just – they putting it out there. Like like WWE style. Like let's get it. Like I'll meet you in the ring. Player like I like it. I like it a lot. Oh, I love it, dog. And I think it's so good for the game, especially when you look at we come into it as fans with expectations. And we saw mm -hmm. we didn't even know what to expect when we saw COVID hit no. hit the pandemic status. Number one. Number two, yeah. we all wonder whether or not if we are going to have football. And mm -hmm. so now I look at from the start of training camp all the way up now, coming upon the first quarter, ending the first quarter of the season. Do you think the NFL slash NFLPA have enough good protocols in place to have the season to be able to be completed? Help support your local businesses. Whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops, local businesses have always been on your team supporting you and your community. They remember your order and call you by your name. Always giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, help your team score and choose to shop at local businesses. And while you're there, look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community. Because where and how you shop matters. Visa. Everywhere you want to be. Official partner of the NFL. So far, so far I think they do. And, and listen, they're talking about ratcheting up the fines and, and, you know, how they regulate different things because maybe people are getting a tad bit too comfortable, you know, bringing people into the facilities that, that aren't, you know, tested or approved to be there, different things like that. So I think so far they've done what they've needed to do in order to get here. But then now you got a couple of breakouts taking place, you know, with, with big name guys like Cam and, and, and then, you know, you got uh Gilmore that, that, you know, he, he showed, uh, I don't know what the future holds for the entire season. I hope it I hope it holds steady because you know, I'm a high school football coach out here in California and a lot of what happens with college and pro will dictate what happens with the CIF out here in California. So, True. I mean, just that on a personal level, but but on on a on the scale level of the National Football League, um I 
it's almost impossible to say if you know if they've done what they've needed to do or not, because we've never experienced something like this ever in, in the history of, of what's going on with that. Well, they'll say the, the, the crisis back. Uh, what was that? I want to say maybe maybe it was polio or something like that. I, I, it was something out there that that hit before that we came back from. But I ain't never heard. I not not in our lifetime have we we dealt with something like nah. this. So uh, not in modern day football have we dealt with something like this. So I, I I would assume that they're doing the best that they can, just based off of the sheer amount of money that they will lose if they don't if they don't execute it the right way and get through it. So, um, so far I, I'd say so far so good. And if you can replicate or even get better from what it is that you did to make it through the first part, the first quarter of the season, then you would assume that you're going to have to to do that for the next three um, to go. And then, then it's like kind of trying to figure out what do you do for the playoffs? What do you do for the Super Bowl? Mm -hmm. You know, what type, how will that look? Uh, There's just so many things that they got to figure out and and work through. And, um, but I mean, I, I would assume it's going as well as it could possibly go because there hasn't been any tremendously, uh, complicated deals to have to get through. This New England, this latest one with New England is probably the biggest uh, situation so far and then having to reschedule it. Um, so my question is, if you get into a situation where you got to start rescheduling multiple games, how are you going to be able to do it? But I will say this, Monday night, you tell me, y'all football fans too, I enjoyed having the double hitter. Like I, yep. and I mean, I kind of was, I was kind of pumped up about it. So, um, so there's, there could be advantages to it, but as far as them handling it, I think they're handling it as well as they possibly can at this moment. I think the crazy thing, and I pose this to both of y'all. My thing is this, you, you, you're dealing with something that to your point, that's unheard of. We never dealt with it in our lifetime. Right. But as a profession, as your job, Mm-hmm. The protocols that are coming into place. Now you're saying teams can't gather or and players can't gather outside of work. How are you going to mm-hmm. tell me what I could do when I'm off the clock when you're not paying and, me for the stuff that I'm doing off the clock? That don't make no biggest, sense to me. That's the biggest complication of it all right there. That's that's You hit it right there, too. That's that's the one element that could derail the entire season is if guys aren't responsible enough to to stay pretty much – quarantine until we know exactly how to go about handling it that's that's what you're going to run into and it's not difficult to contract it so that's the thing about it like it's like i'm going i'm go get me something to eat tonight and you go out you could get it that quick just being out amongst other people so and depending on what the interaction may be and so you know it doesn't have to just be based off of like you know contact and all that different things is just just being out and about and i think that and that's the first thing that came to my mind when i started seeing that people were coming up with COVID was you just not they're not gonna people just aren't going to go stay secluded um for a lot of different reasons they just not going to do it so how will that work so we'll see Brian, and so i think you hit on a key point earlier when you said when you look at the NFL, they do a great job as far as how they lead. And you look at the waterfall flow of college, high school football, going all the way down to Pop Warner. They look up to the league as far as seeing what is the standard and what is the way that we're able to do it and also keep guys 
player staff same while doing it. You created Warrior Woke. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was interesting when I first copped a little piece of it to be able to see it. But I would love for you to explain more. What is Warrior Woke and how can people become more involved? Yeah. So Warrior Woke was uh, it's a brainchild. I've, I've mentored kids for the last 13 years of my life, like on a consistent basis. And mentoring for me was more more or less using the game of football as credibility to enter into these young people's lives and help build their their identities, help build their characters and just how they felt about each other, how they felt about themselves um, and just approaching life to to be more specific and more intentional on what their success and their wins and uh, different things would consist of. So I felt like I was missing something by just training physical and having physically and having conversations. So I ended up partnering with a company called Trusome with, with a guru named Rod Harrison, whose dude is a freaking phenomenon in terms of understanding habit building and, and just going through uh digital programming that that actually builds you built you up to be intentional instead of unconscious so uh like take for instance while y'all were playing when you were coming up and you were playing most of the things that we did was truly driven by unconscious movements right like we just knew to go out there play full speed use some heart and and hopefully everything works out but imagine if you were going through a program that actually opened up your mind and challenged your mind to say, okay, I'm intentionally going to do this. I'm going to intentionally think this way. I'm going to intentionally approach it that way, building your goals, your approach to the games, like how I perform in the game. How do I feel about it coming out of the game, especially in in the classroom? How does that carry over into academics and how you view yourself in, in the world of academia? So, it, it was something that was truly important to me and to have a, a, a resource to create a program where we can build the identities and shape the, the habits of, of people at, a, at an earlier age. You know, they, the, saying, the whole saying of it's easier to, to build a, a young man than a, a young person rather than try to fix a broken, you know, older person. So that's kind of the the approach of it. And I totally butchered that that quote, but you y'all know y'all get the point of what I'm saying. But we get it, the point. Yeah, you get the point, right? But so this program is if you go on warriorwoke.com, you can you can get into a program like it's a 45-day program. There's different days, different levels of it, but it's so important to build your mind. I think one thing that is is very very evident is that we talk in in sports terms we talk about the mental side of it the focus side of it and all those different things but we never show how it's done you know the habits that you build all of the different things that take place we never we never are taught how that that works we True. can go get training for the techniques of the positions that we play. We can go get the strength and conditioning. We can go get the dietary aspects of all these different things, right? And they have all of those things available to you, uh, readily available to you. In most cases, in every college, at at high-end high schools, you know, sometimes even in youth leagues now, 
and definitely in the pros. So why is there not an attention to detail of the mental and emotional development and care of of athletes? And so that's what Warrior Woke represents. It's our it's it's really for me, it's my passion to to create something that long lasts the games. Right. Once we're done, we don't we don't do behind the mask podcasts. You know, we don't create our own stuff. We don't we don't take what we're able to do and apply that in in real life application after we become civilians. Right. So for me, it was important to create a platform, a safe platform where parents and and players, athletes and supporters could have a safe place where they could be vulnerable and go through conditioning and development so that they can be more intentional with what it is that's taking place from brand building to getting getting recruited to you name it uh the whole list of things that you need to to have those small nuances to have the success that you're seeking in your your personal self so that you can you know obviously put your best foot forward in whatever it is that you're doing it's amazing, man. And, and you talk about the strengthening of the mental as you do the physical, but mm-hmm. with your everyday walk, with sports, with life, you physically break down. So how important is mental rehab as it is with physical rehab? I appreciate you asking that, man, because that the idea of mental rehab not being as synonymous with physical rehab is is really it's mind boggling that we're in 2020 and mental, emotional rehab is not synonymous with physical rehab. So if you think about it, if you tore your shoulder up and within that process, everything is mentally and emotionally driven. So the doctor, the emergency room you go to is all based upon the mental and emotional, the surgery that you get, is all mental and emotional, right? The rehab that you get is all mental and emotional, and then it's done. You totally forgot about the physical aspect of it. Never addressed it, never fixed it, did anything. But mentally and emotionally, you're prepared and you're ready to go back to doing what your normal habits, normal daily deal is, right? Does that sound right? It sounds weird. So it's the same exact thing when you think about it from the opposite side, we always address things from a physical. The minute we get hurt, it's physical. Go go get a doctor's assessment of what needs to happen. Do you need surgery or can you heal by just going through physical rehab? Then you get the rehab or you get the surgery. The surgery fixes, corrects what, what was been injured, and then you go through the rehab process. And in that rehab process, there is never any mental rehab that takes place. And we always talk about guys that like, did he come back too soon? Or, you know, did, does he have confidence in, in the body part that was injured or, or her, what, whatever sport it may be? There's always that question. Are they milking the injury? You know, they're not they don't seem mm-hmm. to be doing things. Uh, why is why are they not coming back? Why won't they come back? Well, if you took the time to address the mental injury, the emotional injury that took place, then now you have an opportunity to understand where they are really 
not not where they are physically, but where they are totally. And then now you now you can address it the right way. But so many times in sports culture, you're alienated when you're injured, right? You feel like mm-hmm. a ghost, like you're not even yeah. important anymore. And you come in, you do your physical rehab, and then you yeah. get out of the way, right? Treat, treatment is only physical. Mental is only addressed when we become a problem, <laughs> right? We That's acting out, we go true. do something yeah. crazy. Very okay, true. now you got to go get mental therapy. Now you got to go get mental rehab. Not, and you're in trouble. It's like, yeah. You know, we're watching you like, you know, we're going to help you, but you got to make sure you do these these segments or or these these, you know, the, the whole mental routine of it when that should be a part of it. You yeah. should be assessed. Like, think about how nice the, the training rooms are on colleges and, and at pro facilities. The two nicest places is what the weight room and the training, training room. Training. Right. Well, why isn't there a training room for you to be mentally mentally fixed mentally rehabbed right you should get assessed the same exact way that you get assessed when they you have trainers on payroll that are there just as much as any other coach if not longer to make sure that you're you're taking care of the the physical injuries that that happen but there's nothing there for mental it's weird yeah. that's weird right don't y'all think that's yeah. weird Totally. It's totally crazy. And it makes sense even when you simplify it from that aspect. And I think so many times we're quick as a culture or whatever culture that you're in, we're quick to try to always advance. How can we advance? How can we move the needle on increasing the bottom line Mm -hmm. from a physical aspect? How can we get guys in here to be able to turn it over? Mm -hmm. But we have a strong tendency to forget If you're not mentally sane, there's no way that you can advance and move the needle moving forward. And I think most times a lot of corporations and a lot of people who are higher up in the chain, they have that stigma, the old stigma, which I'm so glad that you're addressing now, that if somebody go see and have some type of counseling, if you talk to anybody now that you something is wrong, it's it's looked upon as a form of weakness versus no nah, man this is part of the puzzle to be able to increase the bottom line and help people be even better people mm-hmm. you know it, it's one of those things where it makes you question how expendable we are yeah. as as commodities right if, if yeah. you're not going to really invest in that that aspect of it you know and it takes you into a whole another conversation which is a bigger conversation but when you're looking at the concussions situations and dealing with the CTE and guys taking their own lives a lot of times you know we've gone through a lot of programs and I've seen you guys in the programs as well at the NFL and different things like that where we get certified to understand one another and to be able to address one another and to be able to assist one another and you start to realize how alone we we feel when when we're not in the game you get so removed from the game that Hurt. you just man yeah. and, and 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 it almost gets to the point of where when you get that deep into being a civilian and nobody can recall the greatness that you were when you were yeah. in the game you get to the point of where it's like what's worth living like why is it worth living but you know what maybe 
if we were rehabbing and developing our minds and our emotions as we were going, that transition out of the game leads to you being such a greater influence than what you even were when you played the game. But that's a belief. That's an understanding. That's using different parts of your brain that that's not using the same part of the brain that you use when you're preparing yourself to go hit somebody 100 miles per hour. It's different. Mm -hmm. So and you have to consciously the same way you have to consciously prepare yourself to go do what you did when you played the game. You have to be consciously preparing your mind to guide your body and your actions in your everyday life as well. Like, I don't want to just do physical rehab just so I can be able to play the game today. I'm doing that physical rehab so I can actually be able to walk when I'm done playing the game. True. So it's the same thing with the mental aspect of all of this. You should be mentally being healed and mentally being rehabbed just like you're being rehabbed for the physical aspects of things so that you can be prepared to transition into doing other things in your lives. And it's crazy because you can see the guys who, whether it's unconscious or consciously, you can see the guys who have been in that, that frame of mind and how they transition after the game versus the guys who don't. It's such a, a, a it is a glaring difference in how we operate. And, yeah. you know, it's sad and it's unfortunate because there are going to be plenty of casualties based off of the lack of attention to rehabbing our minds and our emotions the same way we rehab our body parts, man. And to your point, I, I, when we talk about this, and how former players go through this depression and how they deal with life after the game. You got to think of it when we started playing when we were kids, right? We developed this love for a game. We became good at it. And and if you do anything from a young age, well into your 20s, it becomes part of your fiber, it becomes innate, right? Mm-hmm. You get paid handsomely once you're a professional to do what you want to do. You still get that adoration from the crowd, the roar, people telling you you're the best. You get Mm -hmm. pumped full of modern medicine when you're in the league. But when you're done, you no longer get the modern medicine. You no longer get the adoration from the crowd. Mm -hmm. You're no longer paid handsomely. It's still innate, but you're not doing it anymore. And all you're left with is the love for the game. And that's all. What is feeding that love and those memories? What is feeding? So to your point, Mm -hmm. that mental rehab, yo, you you, you 100% on point with that, bro. Um, that's my campaign. My crusade, my campaign is to raise these babies up to have the understanding of who they are so they don't fall into the traps that are out there for them. And there are so many more with social media and everything now is to build a strong identity. Like, it's OK. Like when I was growing up, it wasn't OK to be cool with the smartest person in the classroom. Like we called them names and, and, and those names aren't even appropriate in 2020. Right. And, and we would flock to those who represented the old dogs or the canes or, mm-hmm. you know, you know, whatever, you know, the doughboys. Yeah, we boy. didn't really we didn't really our identities didn't really say to be close with the the Indian kid that was sitting in the back of the room or the Asian kid. Asian kid yeah. And and if our identities are better and we understand that your circle of of influence is is what's most important in connection to your identity, then you're going to hang around the person that's getting straight A's. Like I'm going to go sit with them at lunchtime. We're going to sit and talk. And you know what's interesting? 
LeBron James's model is so phenomenal in a sense because he took his boys and I grew up with them and they were a part and he empowered them to be what they are. But imagine if if LeBron James and his homeboys had Warrior Woke where they were taking their mindsets and they were actually intentionally like you're going to be the lawyer. You're going to be you're going to be the product uh, inventor. You're you're going to be the the financial advisor you're going to be the the money guy like all of these different things you can identify with with the right mindset and with the right understanding of who you are at an early age and i'll tell you how i know because you see it take place in sports you see it take place in crime right how many of us been able to see these babies are the ones that's out here organizing street soldiers foot soldiers and all that stuff they're the one that's organizing the movements and all that stuff like that this that and the other so you have the know with all to understand what it is that you want to do but you're unconsciously chasing after something that you think validates you because you never had the development and the understanding to be intentional with what it is that you're doing in your life and and it continues on. Now we go from being those young bucks that do it to being old heads that live in that as well. And it's worse when we're older because you're bitter and you're you're frustrated and you're 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 not successful. So now you acting out as an adult. Like we got to change that. You know, it's something that really I'm passionate about. Yeah, no question, bro. And you're spot on with it. And I, I think your mission statement covers it when you look at Warrior Woke. So we definitely want to send everybody that way. If you don't know about Thank Warrior you. Woke now, now you will because you you, right. you pumping out some great stuff, bro. And, I appreciate and, it. Yeah, man. And before we let you go, it's, it's imperative that I ask you this because you have a wide lens when you look at the game off the field as well as on. I see a lot of inside linebacker play. Mm-hmm. The majority, I think a lot of it is mediocre. We still have a few guys. I just think of like Patrick Willis. He's not there. Luke mm-hmm. Keith, he left mm-hmm. the game. And so now we got the good old captain, Bobby Wagner, still mm-hmm. holding it down in the middle. What? Who are some of the guys that you look at that may even come close to resembling your game or even maybe your top five? Could be a two-part answer. I mean, I think our game, the way we played is is almost – that's dead and gone. You're not even allowed to play the way that we played. It's just it's too physical. Um, but I do like I do like the way you know. It's funny. D. Brooks was ahead of his time. Yeah, yeah I always was. tell people D. Yeah, Brooks was. was ahead of his time. He didn't get the notoriety that Ray got because he didn't play. Ray Ray is our game, Takio. Like mm-hmm. we'll we'll rip your head off. We're gonna go crazy. We're gonna thump you. And we're going to let you know that we did it and you know we're here. And that's like, that was like really what drove our error. Derek Brooks tackled you. He didn't hit you. He was a tackler. He made interceptions. He, yep. he like, he did, he did things. He basically played like a, a secondary guy, a safety at linebacker. And that's a lot of what you're seeing today with linebackers linebackers today i like the linebacker for i'm not great with names but i like the linebacker that that middle backer for the 49ers i think he gets after it um fred warner man, there we go warner i like fred yeah. warner um i like the kid in 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 indianapolis um 
he moves around. I like I like seeing how they move now more so than how they are at the point oh. of attack. You know what I mean? Because guys are tackling now versus hitting. So I like Levante. You know, uh, David out in uh, Tampa Bay. I think yeah. his game um, is. I like is his game nice. too. Yeah, I like his game. I like the kid in Pittsburgh, um, uh, Bush. I like Bush. yeah, Devin, Devin Bush. I like all the Pittsburgh linebackers, and I'm I'm kind of like I'm biased because I'm from there. But the tradition of linebacking in Pittsburgh continues on. I think Bud Dupree is is a nice pass rusher. I think T.J. Watt is a nice pass. I just love the way they build their linebacking cores in in Pittsburgh. So, yeah, I mean, I I think Isaiah Simmons is going to be a dog. I really do. In Um, Arizona. Oh, yeah, in Arizona. I think he's a hybrid type of guy um, in the way that he plays. So I I wouldn't say that I would compare any of these these new school type of guys to the way I played. Um, But I'll say – you know, in the evolution of the game, it's kind of interesting to see. It pains me to say it, but these these new age linebackers are are more athletes, more athletic than what we were. And and it it like it's like, well, how is that? Like I ran a four four coming out. You know what I mean? And I had a 42 inch vertical coming out and and some of that stuff is freakish. But then I'm like Michael Parsons, one of my babies. That's coming out of Penn State, State. that's going to draft this year. Oh, y'all gonna love him. But oh, he's I, a tackler. I love him already. I like him. He's a he's a tackler. He's gonna tackle you. He's not gonna thump you. But his explosiveness is crazy. Like Next he's up. running, he's posting four three nine electric forties, man. And I've seen Come on, man. Bro. Four three nine? And Isaiah Simmons did the same thing last year. You know what I mean? These guys are, they're athletic on a different level than what we were. And that makes it interesting to watch where the evolution of the position specifically is going to go. Bro, appreciate your analysis, man. Listen, dog, anytime that you want to come back on the VTM podcast, bro, you just hit us up and let us know. If you don't, we going to hit you up. And, come and make on, man. you come back on. Shouts out to Camille. Love you, Camille. Hey, look, y'all, um, whenever, you know that, bro. And congratulations on the Hall of Fame bid, bro. That's it's a big deal, man. Super big deal. So you're, deser- you're deserving of it. Believe you me. You played the game the way it was supposed to be played. You've been an ambassador of the game the way it's been supposed to be handled. And you know what? To you, too, like, you know, both of y'all, y'all are great ambassadors, great representation of what we're supposed to be and how we're supposed to handle things. That's an inspiration to not only the younger generations, it's an inspiration to us that that was in the wars together out there yeah. with y'all. So y'all keep doing what y'all doing, man. This is a great podcast and I love what y'all doing. So just keep doing it. So whenever y'all need me, you know, I always make myself available. My boy. Appreciate it, bro. Yes, sir. 100, yes, sir. my J, I appreciate it, fam. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.